I think most of us are at a place where it's the opposite, where we're not charging enough for the value that we are offering, especially with the, every single year in the industry. Like we grow in experience and knowledge and expertise, and we're offering that to our new couples. And I think that's something that's so undervalued in, in our industry these days. Welcome to another episode of the Light and Dark Photography Podcast. I am your host, John Mansfield. Every week, I have conversations with photographers and other creative entrepreneurs who share tips and strategy and inspiration. So whether you are on the light and airy side, dark and moody, or anywhere in between, we are here to help you grow your community, build your business, and create the lifestyle you always dream of. Today, my guest is Stephen Lowe. He is a wedding photographer based in Columbus, Ohio. And on the show today, we are talking about why it is time for you to raise your prices and how you can do that strategically with purpose. Stephen, welcome to the podcast. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. I'm excited for uh, for this topic. I know yeah. pricing is like a touchy deal that not a lot of people <laughs> like to talk about. Um, so whenever you suggested that uh, that topic, I was like, yes, let's do this. <laughs> this is, that's exciting because I love talking about pricing. But at the same time, I'm just going to forewarn you. Like there's going to be okay. some I have a lot of thoughts on this. But at the same time, I, it's okay. impossible to give very, very concrete. You need to raise your prices by X, Y, and Z because we know how touchy pricing right. is. Um, and there's so many factors. But I, I don't know. I think that title, that intro you gave, it was exactly what I personally needed to hear. Like, this is not coming from, cool. hey, I know what's best for you. It's, no, it's, it's more like a cautionary tale. <laughs> it was somebody else telling me, like, no, yeah. wait. You should, you need to raise your prices. And that's kind of how I got talking about this conversation. I'm like, okay, wait, nice. oh no, I really need, this is where I need to be. <laughs> nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's very, um, timely. Uh, in fact, cause even <laughs> last night, my wife and I were talking about how, um, I'm, I'm in a, a pretty, uh, it's a smaller town, um, outside mm -hmm. of Houston. I'm like a good hour, hour and a half outside of Houston. And, uh, and there, um, I'm a fairly big fish in the uh, the market here for pricing wise. And mm -hmm. we we're like, should I just like lower my prices so that I can yeah. book some easier ones that are just like here in town, or should I stay with what I have or even raise my prices? Um, so yeah, I'm like, I will yeah. probably pick your brain <laughs> about this. Too, talk, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to need to hear this episode as well. Yeah. Um, but before we get into all the pricing and everything, mm -hmm. um, give us a little background about you, Stephen. Yeah, I'm a wedding photographer uh, in Columbus, Ohio. Um, I've been uh, doing I photographed my first wedding over a decade ago and I I used to cringe at saying that, but now I'm like, oh yeah, that I think it, that gives me a little credit. I'm not like yeah. I'm not young anymore, but I was like, I have experience and <laughs> 10 years seems like puts me well into like professionalism. I haven't been doing it full time it's, in, for it's 10 a, years, but yeah. Yeah. And that, that 10 years, that's still, that's a good milestone. Cause yeah. I know a lot of, a lot of the photographers that I talked to like 10 years ago, they were in high school <laughs> or middle school. Yeah. even. And I'm just like, Ooh. all right. Yeah. Like I've, I, I sometimes feel really old. I'm like mid thirties. Yeah. I'm like, okay. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> 
But yeah, that's awesome. Cool. So 10 years ago or more than a decade ago, you photographed your first. That's right. How long have you been uh, full time? I've been full time since 2015. Um, so that was the year okay, I married nice. my wife. Same. And then, yay, buddies. Uh, we can celebrate yay. our annual, like, annual <laughs> milestones together. Um, yes. But yeah, it's it's been like a whole wave of things um, being full time and learning what that means. And I think now's the time like... Uh, to really consider like is this it's not my only source of revenue if that makes sense uh so like big picture like we we right. have a couple rental like i we have real estate projects and things like that and so that brings an in income so to say that i'm a full-time wedding photographer is true it's like my main source of income but there i do also have also other projects happening here and there um and i think that's always going to keep changing and growing yeah yeah i feel like a lot of entrepreneurs we are <laughs> like I can't have everything in one basket yeah. over here. I've got to do something. Yeah. And you know, the last few years or so I have had everything in one basket mm-hmm. and just like dove hard into wedding photography. I'm like now starting to pull some of those eggs out and place them in other baskets. Yep. Cause I'm like, there's other things that I want to do. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, there is almost like that, that feeling of, well, am I less professional or like less uh, credible if I'm not doing this a hundred percent of the time? I I love that you bring that up because for the longest time I thought I had to be like wedding photography or photography in general had to be my full source of income in order for me to be like a professional. Then the more I get talking to other photographers and the more, just the longer I've been in the industry and realize no, that does that make sense. Um, like it's all ultimately creating a life that you want to live. And like, how do you balance that with your family situation, your, um, your work situation. And some, yeah. sometimes you can find a great balance. If you love your work, don't quit it to pursue something that's not gonna necessarily be, be as practical either. Um, so I feel like for the longest time I felt shame that I was not a full-time photographer. And then mm. I, I made it here for a while. And then I didn't feel any different. I was just, it was just <laughs> like the grass is not greener on the side. There's a lot more responsibilities, but it's not necessarily yeah. greener. It, it works out for a lot of people and it's, it could be great. Um, and I love what I do, but it doesn't have to be, yeah. All your eggs don't have to be in this one basket here. Yeah. Yeah. And I do like that, that mindset, you know, it's, I think that sometimes we hear, other photographers talk about how, you know, I've been full-time for a decade Mm -hmm. or I've been doing this for however long. And like, it feels like that's a milestone that you have to get to, to be considered a real photographer Mm -hmm. instead of just like a hobbyist. But like if you're building a business and you still enjoy your nine to five, like I, I know a few photographers that still work their nine to five because Mm -hmm. they love it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. One of, one of my associates, she's, um, uh, a veterinary nurse and she loves mm-hmm. that like that is her passion she also has a passion for wedding photography yeah. so does that as well and yeah. uh, it's like it. you're you're not any less because yes. you're doing multiple yeah. things mm-hmm. uh, yep. so i know we kind of like hijacked your intro there <laughs> no you're good <laughs> to go I into mean, that these are things i wanted to like <laughs> mention talk about i have somebody yeah yeah well that's cool okay so awesome so over 
over the you know uh 10 years or, or seven uh full time um and even uh with your other you know real estate uh adventures and, and things has there been a lesson or or a piece of advice or something that you've received that just really changed the way that you look at life or uh business in general It doesn't have to yes, be like yeah. the best because like <laughs> best. anytime someone asks me like, what's the best this? I'm like, I don't know. There's what's so the many best? good yes. things. Like I've had yes, so much yeah. good advice over the years, but like just one that was just like, oh yeah, that was really good. Like this changed uh, just kind of your mindset. Yeah. Um, I think somebody might, must have uttered this to me, but it's been kind of like circling my mind more recently is most things matter less than you think and certain mm. things matter more than you want it to. Uh, Ooh, and okay. it, it, I was like, that's just like a very vague type of situation. But then I, um, I, I find it to be very ac- applicable in a lot, a lot of like, even just creativity, like, um, when it comes to photography, sometimes it's not necessarily the the best photography that makes the biggest difference. It's about how you yeah. care for your clients and all that. Um, but that's not necessarily the thing that a lot of photographers want to hear. It's not about yeah. your work or being having your work and the quality of work being your full identity. And it's like that can matter not that much. And that could be that. I mean, that's hard to hear. Even for me, sometimes it's just like, oh, like I'm not my work. Like I don't have to put my full identity uh, and value based on what I produce. I was like, yeah. that's kind of freeing, but at the same time, it's just like, oh, that's that's kind of like, wait, why am I a photographer? <laughs> right. Especially like whenever you've put so many hours into like honing in your craft and yeah. learning and like learning how light works and all the different things, and then you're like, oh, but that doesn't actually matter as yeah. much as I thought it did. <laughs> I was like, is editing this photo another two hours yeah. after the four hours I put in, is that going to bring home another dollar? No. No. <laughs> no. And will your clients notice? <laughs> no. Sometimes no. Yeah, no. There are so many times like, that I'll be going through and like just trying to get the skin tones just perfect. <laughs> and then I do the like revert to original like yeah like from back here it looks the same <laughs> but like me like leaning into my computer Zoomed just like getting really close yeah. like if they blow this up on a billboard and they're standing up there i want them to be able to see <laughs> all this detail exactly yep <laughs> yeah yeah no i think that's a really good a really good piece of advice and a really good mindset to have going through just life like there are mm-hmm. so many things that don't matter as much as you think they do. Like mm-hmm. our minds were continually thinking yeah. about like, Oh, but this, like, this is such a big thing. But then whenever you step back from it, it's like, actually that's, that's not really that big. Like yeah. I'm, I'm inflating it in my mind because I'm going over it over and over again. That's right. But no one else is thinking about this. No. And it's a, like, even with the editing example, like I, yeah. Like there's something about it that I want to I want to believe that ha- that actually makes a difference. Like the sum of all the parts eventually like yes. the obsession of making something perfect. Hopefully that shows across your work and somebody can like really connect and relate to it. But every the 
individual ones that I feel like that take up so much mental space sometimes just needs to be spoken out loud into the universe. And it kind of has, it's like when fear is spoken out loud, it loses like so much power. Um, and I actually yeah. saw this is, this is so off tangent maybe, but like even just, um, when you, when you experience trauma, being able to speak that out and share that with somebody within, I think, two weeks really significantly decreases your chances of PTSD um, over the long term. And it's just like fear has a hold of us once it's live when when it's living inside our brain. And this is like. I think so many creatives, entrepreneurs, like we obsess, we love to create and we want to make everything perfect. We want to micromanage, but sometimes it's when you put it on paper or saying it loud, it allows the world to, I don't know there's value in saying that. Um, yeah, like it's away from me now. It's not, it's not going to all consume me fully, but it is there in the right. universe and it kind of loses its power in a sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's that's great. My camera just died, apparently. I am using Fuji. Um, yeah. this, is, this was the one time I always go through my checklist of things to mm -hmm. do before recording. And yeah. um, and this one probably because I had not had coffee yet this morning. Uh, I was just good. like, camera's good. Throw that on and didn't even look. Um I can let me see if I can change this battery real quick yeah. and throw it back up there because I want to uh, I can still see your face, but <laughs> I want you to be able to see my face just to have I that extra that. little bit of connection. Um, yeah. So um, let's see. I don't have any uh, standby music, but, you know, imagine <laughs> some for about there we go. Perfect. Oh, <laughs> carnival. OK, love it. <laughs> we. This is not a joke. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Technical difficulty. Cool. That was, yeah. was a quick Switcheroo. fun little battery change. Um, thanks for entertaining the, no the listeners while I was gone. I, I do want to get into pricing. I, yeah. uh, I, I know we kind of mentioned earlier, this is a, a touchy topic and definitely I love the, um, 
disclaimer that you gave earlier like like we are not here to tell you you definitely need to raise your prices uh-huh. because we don't know your cost of doing business and, and all that yep. but the odds are um you probably need to be <laughs> probably need to raise your prices um but yeah like looking at um like as we look at our businesses what are some signs that we should raise our prices man i mean there's so many one of them being if you chances are like we just you just like you just mentioned if you haven't raised your prices in the past three years Mm. aka me four years now you probably should considering the way everything has changed in the past four years Mm. um and if you're still charging the same rate you probably that's that's one sign alone and i think i didn't uh take that to heart i was just like oh great i was the thing is i was happy with my prices i wasn't i still wasn't like a value photographer i i mean mm-hmm. I, I wasn't a cheap photographer um yes. i i not on the you know i'm still i would say 90 to 100 like the top tier of the market but at the same time um i was yeah every, everybody around me was adapting to the change and I kind of been left behind. And I, part of it, I was like, I can blame the pandemic. And I think so so much has caught us by surprise that being the people loving people that we are, especially I'm talking photographers, uh, just we we do. I, I'd imagine we do a lot of weddings because we love the people more so than like I love clicking my camera shutter. You know, um, right. we're there for people. We're there for a story. And we love people so much that um the past couple of years, I, I know so many fellow photographers that kind of sacrifice our businesses, our business, um, just the way we want to do things for sake of like helping your clients out in a really, really tough time. Um, and yeah. it's been a you're, busy you're couple years. You're talking to one right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I definitely I'm, feel that. And so you're like, okay, great. I'll just be flexible. And I get, I know that it's in the contract to blah, 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 but I want to love and care for you all here. And so we just kind of go with the flow and it's just been so busy. And I know so many of us are just burnt out to the point where, wait, we, this is one, this is not sustainable. And so I think that would be another sign where like, can I be doing this for another few years, five years, a decade? Like if this is what, what you want to be doing at the rate you yeah. want to do it. And if it's like, you can't say a resounding yes, then yeah, maybe, maybe take a look um, at your, uh, at your pricing. And this, the, another sign that comes to mind is when somebody looks at you in the face, be like, you need to charge more. Yeah. That, that was the one that kind of like woke me up a few times. It took like four oh, yeah. people saying that within like two weeks. And I was like, <laughs> do I, do I really? And that kind of brought up the first question. Yeah. I haven't raised my prices since like 2018. I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, I do. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's part of it is just having the confidence to say that. Um, yeah. Lear- gaining the confidence to be like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm worth more. Um, yeah. 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 I think that was, a difficult thing for me is once I my prices got over the point of where I would see myself like as a you know a 25 year old or something getting mm-hmm. married a lot of my you know clientele's around you know mid 20s to mid 30s mm-hmm. and once uh, I went over that price range of what I would personally have paid for a photographer it was difficult for me to go oh gosh, much more yeah. than that because it's yeah. like, 
well, I don't want to take advantage of people. Right. And, and like, I wouldn't pay more than this. So why should I ask you to pay more? And mm-hmm. really it is finding that value and valuing yourself in your mm-hmm. craft and seeing what you can provide for others. Yes. Yeah. I'm talking about like 10 years ago and <laughs> 10 years ago, like you know, prices have changed a lot and mm-hmm. the wedding industry has changed a lot. And, uh, and yeah, I think a lot of times we kind of get stuck in our minds like, ah, oh, well I wouldn't pay right. 5,000 for a wedding photographer. So yeah. I'm not going to go over 5,000. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's my cap. Yeah. That's such a good point. I think when you say that, I, was like, I can't afford my own services, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, yeah. because I, Ultimately, nobody can tell you how much you can charge, how much you should charge. Just being it's such a I mean, what we do, we are we are artists and to put an objective value on art to make it into science is challenging. Uh, There's some again, so many factors like if you do um, album sales, if you like how many years you've been in it, what other expertise are you offering other than great photography? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's so, 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 so much that goes into it. But at the same time. You know, as long as you feel comfort, you're comfortable with the value, um, you the value that you offer is that at the level that you're actually charging. I think you're good. Um, yeah, and make. But on the other side, I think most of us are at a place where it's the opposite, where we're not charging enough for the value that we are offering, especially with the, every yeah. single year in the industry. Like we grow in experience and knowledge and expertise, and we're offering that to our new couples. And I think that's something that's so undervalued. Um, yeah, in in our industry these days. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I I agree, and and it's hard to like contextualize what that's worth. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, what is another year or another, you know, 25, 30 weddings under your belt worth an right. experience? Like, what is that experience worth monetarily <laughs> to raise your prices? Because yeah. like last year I was, you know, I've had 35 more weddings of experience than I did last year. And like going even further back, because I, I went probably a good two years without really raising my prices because mm-hmm. it was like that. It was nearing that dead zone of mm-hmm. like that thirty five hundred dollar range. Yeah. To where it's like you're too expensive for the the lower end budget weddings, mm-hmm. but you're not expensive enough for the higher end because yeah. they're, like, they're like, why do you you're... why are you only thirty five hundred? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And it was like nearing that dead zone. So I was like, I'm just going to chill here. I'm just going to camp out. And, um, and yeah, I think that like couple of years of all that experience building up and like, um, like even just listening to podcasts like this, like I listen to so many business podcasts and photography podcasts, and that's continuing to grow my experience Mm -hmm. because I'm learning things from others and then implementing it into my business. Um, Mm -hmm. Is there, uh, I know there's, there's not like a formula or anything, but like, what do you think about like, how should we be assessing how much we've grown over the last year or three or however long it's been since we raised our prices? I know that's a loaded question. (laughs) How do we assess that? Um, 
man, I, I, I have like, I personally have a formula for myself, um, of like how to, when I would give myself raises and at least now I okay. do after, you know, all this conversation, but, right, yeah. um, a lot of it is, I think just, man, I, I'm, I'm at a loss for words as far as like <laughs> assessing, I think experience is one thing and what yeah. you offer is one thing, but what you charge honestly doesn't have to be correlated to any of that uh okay. there's always gonna be worse photographers that don't offer the experience level that you do that's gonna charge more and there's gonna be amazing photographers who don't charge as much as you do um and so it's kind of essentially yeah you can do what that, you want at this point which is kind of yeah. crazy sounding um yeah yeah, uh, I mean, that's like what you just said about like there are some less experienced photographers charging more and more experienced charging less. Mm -hmm. um, I I am constantly roaming other photographers websites uh, for potential guests for the show. Yeah. And there have been a few that I'm like, I can tell like you're in your first year or two and like, I can see that through your work. But then I go to their pricing page. And I'm like, you are charging more than me. Like, how are you doing that? And then there are others that have been in the in the game for 15, 20 years. And I'm like, yeah. you need to raise your prices. Mm -hmm. Like you're you're like charging what I am or less than that. And, you know, I think I think that is the hard thing about pricing yourself is there is no formula. There's no like calculator that you can just type in the numbers right. and then it spits out a number and this is exactly what you yeah. should charge. I think the best basis is not to compare with anybody else when you're initially establishing what you want to charge because mm. do your cost of business, your the like the lifestyle you want to live and then also just like uh, how how much you need to bring in for your family like I pay for healthcare for my family because you know yeah. freelance and entrepreneurial life like that yes. That means I have to either charge more or book more weddings. So I think when if you can figure out your target, like how many weddings at this, like your average income you want for the entire year and kind of go backwards and uh, reverse engineer what you need to charge. I think that's going to mm. be very, very eye opening in terms of, oh, I'm very undervaluing myself. Um, yeah. And so yeah. nobody can really tell like what you can charge. But man, I even in Columbus, like the average. Uh, the average price of wedding photography spent. I, I forgot who put the, the report together, but um, it was just a huge survey and it started around like maybe five years ago, it's probably average 3,500 for wedding mm -hmm. photography. Now it's probably closer to 5,500. And so like keep that. And I wasn't even paying to just all this happening. And there's photographers here that start at 8,000, 9,000, 10,000. And I was like, is that the world I want to like, you know, be in still, you know? And right. so... And it's okay to not say yes or like, hey, I'm just want to be on top of the chain. I'm just gonna charge more. Um, but the other thing is like, make sure you can actually book uh, the amount of weddings you want to. And I think this that's kind of like the formula I ended up implementing for myself post my price raise very very recently, right before this conversation, um, or like just a, maybe a month ago. And after I raised my prices, and this was like a generous raise for, you know, I need to compensate for the past four years. Um, mm. It was like a significant, like closer to 25% overall raise of everything. Um, and the first four people I talked to ended up booking. I was like, hmm, oh, yeah. 
okay, what was I doing before? <laughs> and I, I'm making sure I'm offering more value. Like I, my goal is not to do a ton of weddings. I want to do 10 to 15 a year, uh, probably ideally closer to 10 and give it uh, completely like my all every single wedding like and i'd often do indian weddings or um fusion weddings so there's multi-day and so the idea of like i really get to dive deep with these couples and spend all my time with them like i love that and i don't know that's not that's not for everybody but i was like that's kind of the way i want to do things and so at this point i'm like okay every three weddings that i book i get to raise my prices by a certain percentage um and just like very systematically it's like if i'm still booking at this rate that means the market's still out there. Just kind of almost like a feedback. You're like, hey, you're not too expensive to still book the ideal clients that you want. Um, right. Yeah, and that's that's a whole nother topic. Like you said, you were you mentioned you were in the dead zone, like too expensive for the people just kind of wanting the budget weddings. And uh-huh. then for people who have the budget, they're like, you're too cheap to me for me to hire. I'm even not looking at that. I'm looking at the average, you know, eight to twelve thousand, and you're charging five. I, you're not what I want. Just even yeah. you're being rolled out because you're too cheap and you're yeah. like, oh. And so I, I think the market is big enough for everybody. It's just kind of, you get to decide where you want to hover and live in. Um, yeah, do what's best for your family. Yeah. And that that like being too cheap sounds weird for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I remember being at a conference and oh, I don't remember who the speaker was, but it was like 2016 so i'm probably not gonna remember uh but he was talking about how he was wanting to get more into the luxury market and like raise his prices to like ten thousand dollars from like 2500 it was just like i'm just gonna revamp my website make it look more luxurious add all of these um more customized like client experience parts into his workflow And he had one person, one of the first people inquire and uh, she was just like, okay, so, so what's all included in the 10,000? And he Mm -hmm. like went through this list of all these things and she was like, oh, okay. Um, Yeah. I was expecting to spend more like 25,000 for, for all that. So I think you're just a little bit, you know, under experienced for what we're looking for. And he was just like, what (laughs) like he had never heard of anyone getting booked for twenty five thousand, but there are those couples out there and uh yeah and like that is something that you know someone who's charging fifteen hundred dollars right now and just Mm -hmm. like what there are people charge that can charge five thousand and book consistently yeah Um, like there's there are I forget how many millions of people that were getting married this year. It was like the the biggest increase of of weddings since the 80s. That's right. Yeah. So many, so many weddings going on. So there are a lot out there in every single different uh, pricing bracket. Yeah. Uh, And you'd mentioned something about like systematically raising your prices after so many bookings, um, like the. Were, were you talking about like after if you're still like uh, hitting a percentage of like the leads that come in, if you're booking a certain percentage of those, then you raise your prices or what is what does that look like for you? Yeah, great question. So I recognize I'm probably in a very different boat than a lot of photographers out there, um, but I, I don't get a ton of inquiries, but if they do come in. It's the 90% booking rate in general. Um, They usually come from planners or past couples or siblings of past couples that are getting married and they 
like verbally committed to me like years ago and they're like okay mm. this is happening just wait till i find a boyfriend and fiance and then wedding i'm like okay great and so <laughs> when they inevitably i want to say inevitably reach out um like it's it's oftentimes a sure thing because they've seen how i work they know the experience that they want um and they already picked me and i essentially just get to quote them um and so uh I'm, yeah, I have multiple, I'm at a place where I have few collections, different hours. Um, some include, you know, travel to wherever you want in the U.S. type of situation. And others are um, like eight hour one photographer, just me showing up. Um, and so I'm, I want to say I am able to fit um, everybody into the collections that I have. Um, if not, we can always do custom collections. But that being said, I, um, if I make sure like what, whatever, regardless of collections that they choose, it's worth it. Like it's worth my time. I think that's really important. Sometimes yeah. people end up charging more, but losing more money as they charge more for their higher collections because they also give, a, give away significantly more. I make sure, you yeah. know, like the more I charge actually more I make still, um, yeah. which is, you know, where you want to be. Um, but I, I would say every four or five people, that actually just book reserve me as their wedding photographer in for like for 2023, I am, I'm raising my prices. Um, and just because this is so fresh to me, I'm probably the first bump I'm going to give myself is probably to 10% um, across the board. And for me, I have like a full breakdown Excel sheet calculator of like profit margins of everything, my estimated hourly costs, um, AI outsourcing, all every, like everything built into my collection. So I know that, yeah, like all the collections are actually worth my time. I'm not mm-hmm. spending 14 hours making less and less and less or something like that. Right. Um, yeah. And I do like what you mentioned there with as the packages get bigger and mm-hmm. you're doing more things and including more things, your profit needs to increase as well. Because that was something yeah. whenever I was first forming my collections. 10 years ago, I'd, I, I somehow, I don't, I like, there was no education. I, mm-hmm. I couldn't find any education online yeah. about this stuff. And somehow I put together mm-hmm. an Excel spreadsheet of my cost of doing business and figured out, okay, how much do I need to make, uh, with all of this? And I formed each one to where, I was receiving the same amount of profit from each collection. Yeah. Which was not great. <laughs> no, because no, no. I was like, yeah, if they booked me for six hours. I make this much in profit. That's great. Uh-huh. And then I increased to eight hours. So I'll just add this and I'll still make the same profit. And that's great. <laughs> and I'll make the same across the board, whether it's six or eight or 10 hours. And then people kept booking like the eight or 10 uh-huh. or all day. And I was like, Oh wait, like oh, no. I am doing more work <laughs> on these days. not getting paid for that work. Your hourly rate anymore. is just, yeah. Oh, my hourly rate went down to like seven fifty an hour between <laughs> everything that I was doing, uh, yeah. you know, prepping for a wedding, all the calling and editing and everything afterwards. Yeah. Plus I was not 
doing well uh, with Lightroom oh. back then. Uh, so it was yeah. just it was it was super slow. And uh, yeah, it was it was just I was adding more work to my plate. But I was like, no, this is great because I'll kind of know if I book, you know, three weddings a month, then it's consistent pay for myself. Right. It's different for the business, but it's consistent <laughs> for myself because I get paid the same no matter what yeah. I do. Um, and yeah, it was just reducing my hourly wage. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that's I think such that's a good really reminder, good. though. Like we all start somewhere. I yeah, I I remember one of my first weddings. I did photo and video by myself for seven hundred dollars. <laughs> and it was, one in each I hand. Think, <laughs> yeah, photo was five hundred. Adding video was another two hundred. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know how I pulled it up. I had like tripod set up everywhere. I get there early and then trying yeah. to edit that together and taking Ugh. photos. And of course I was like renting gear. So I had to set it, go, go out, set everything up. And of yeah, it's just, it made no sense. But the thing is like, we all start somewhere. I've done free weddings. I've done the Craigslist weddings. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it's, you. I don't want people to almost skip that character building phase <laughs> because you can teach somebody these things but i it's very i find it very hard for people to take it to heart unless they actually go through the struggle <laughs> so right. i mean do it do with uh yeah whatever you can with that knowledge and information like if you can learn these lessons without actually having to learn these lessons amazing like power yes. to you yeah yeah could you speak a little bit more toward uh, the cost of doing business for anyone out there that's just like, what is this? I, oh, I'm not Ooh. familiar. Like whenever I was uh, my my first packages where I was just like, yeah, eight hours, 500 bucks. Sure. That that sounds great. I'll do it. Yeah. Um, you know, there was no thought of any of the cost of doing business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this is this is gonna be interesting because I'm married to a CPA and oh, she helps me yeah. with this stuff. Yeah, uh, yes. <laughs> no. but I think there there's every the way you do counting it just breaks down to different categories. And mm -hmm. as photographers, there are just so many things we need to take into consideration beyond just showing up and bringing a camera. Like for example, insurance, um, health insurance for your family if that's part of, if that's something you need, um, gear insurance, liability insurance, and just Beyond that, all the subscriptions that we all need, whether it's editing subscriptions, uh, like gallery delivery, storage on Google Drive or Backblaze, something uploading wise. Adobe, Adobe is not cheap uh, if you have the whole creative no. suite. Um, yeah. yeah. And so there's a ton of like ton of an large annual costs um, that we built and not not to even mention like anything marketing, whatever. All these things are often neglected when it comes to yeah doing cost of business and of course yeah you have your camera i'm assuming everybody has like roughly i don't know ten thousand at least ten thousand dollars worth of gear from here and there mm -hmm. and those you get to depreciate over time because they're not going to last forever you need to make sure you keep yeah like update the shutter or like replace the shutter things like that and so there's all of that but beyond that it's just your time uh that is that is the most often neglected, uh, the hours you spend communicating with a client. Um, and this is something I've learned from my wife being like CPA accountant. She was in a public firm um, back in the day. And so it was like you have billable hours, like you track everything you do because it takes it's it's your time and your time is worth something. Um, I think for so many creatives, we we think um, I love what I do. 
and I have time right now and that's okay. I'm just going to give that up because yeah, I'd rather have more money and that's totally fine. But I think there's at some point that scale is going to tip where you're going to have more money than you have time and you're realizing, Mm -hmm. no, I rather I need my time back. And so you want to streamline things a bit more. Um, So as you grow your business, uh, you're not going to have just fixed costs like your costs are going to increase as well. So you want to make sure your revenue and your profits are actually keeping up with what you're what are you having what you are having to pay? Yeah. OK. Yeah. I think that's, that's so good to hear, uh, you know, especially because I can remember being a fresh new baby photographer, mm. not photographing babies, but me being <laughs> me being uh, very new on the scene um, and, and not really knowing anything about the cost of doing business and, um, you know, not. I didn't have a list of all of those, uh, you know, fixed costs and the the annual costs and just like the variable costs of doing business. Everything was just like, I don't know, this sounds good. Mm -hmm. And if I can make this, uh, then that would be some great, uh, great money. And then it quickly turned into like zero to negative profit on some of those (laughs) weddings where I was just like, Oh yeah, I've got, you know, upkeep on my cameras or I need to buy a second camera body because mm-hmm. you know I've got to have a backup or do you, you know get multiple lenses going at the same time and like that kind of stuff just grew and grew and grew and uh, yeah it's it's really important if you know listeners uh, if you have not done a cost of doing business just sit down and go through think of everything that you spend money on spend time on in your business, it's going to be a long list. And, uh, and that's really going to show you where that profit is going. Uh, and taxes was a big one for me. Once I hit the taxes and like sales tax and everything, I was like, why, why am I doing this? I like, I I really need to raise my prices. Uh, And that's one thing that if you're a hobbyist, I know I know a good amount of photographers just try to do things under the table. And that's if you get away with it, good for you. Like nobody likes mm-hmm. paying taxes. But if you're trying to run a, you know, full and legitimate business, like you just you just have to, right? It's part yeah. car you just have to make sure that, yeah, you're putting that amount aside as you're doing all this. So you don't get screwed over either quarterly or at the end of the year. Um yes. and other th- I think biggest part is uh when we oftentimes we are uh, we want to get into IPS or like uh, offer products, uh, albums, wall art, all the good stuff. Uh, I'm a firm believer in that. And I think it's just created an experience for my clients that is just unforgettable. But at the same time, I know for a long time I was undercharging because the larger collections, I mean, I was like, oh, I'll throw in a canvas, I'll throw in a wall, piece of wall art. And then suddenly yeah. the cost of me was like seven, eight hundred thousand, two thousand dollars. And I was just yeah, that was my time and money, not to mention ordering and making sure things are right. And I put a guarantee on the artwork that I uh, I sell. So if anything's broken, damaged, shipped or like fading, like I will replace it. You know, like I that there's value in that that I need to be charging for. Um, yeah, that is just sometimes it's like, oh, you want to print here? I'll offer it at a cost because you're my friend. I like you. And exactly. It's going to yeah. come and come back and bite you in the butt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially like pricing all of that. Like I remember hearing, you know, the the three X rule where mm-hmm. it was like whatever your cost is for this, you know, 16 by 20 print, 
you need to be charging at least three times that yeah. because a third of that is going to taxes and you know a third of it is the cost of the actual thing and then you have your overhead and any you know margin in there you need to be getting that and i was like no well it wasn't explained <laughs> to me like that it was just like <laughs> you need to be charging three times i was like no i'm not gonna price gouge right. like a lot of my clients are my friends or they have yeah. become friends mm -hmm. through this process and if it costs me 16 dollars to you know, buy a uh, 11 by 14 print, then I'll charge them like 20 bucks. Right. Like I'm just going to just going to throw a couple extra dollars for shipping and handling. And yeah, that was a mistake because I. Oh, yeah. yeah. It yeah. takes time. And, and like the, it does making the order, communicating about, is this a print you want? You want to crop this way, this way? Um, obviously, a lot of that can be automated if you have a system, but the, that adds into other costs. Um, yeah. And I personally do a lot of printing at in-house. So I was like, mm. people think, oh, this is so fun. You can be really hands-on. And I do it for the sake because I love being hands-on. Like I love working with my hands and touching print and making sure it's framed properly. Um, yeah. So I, I, right now I still have the time to do it. I don't know if that's going to last forever, but right now I do. And I absolutely enjoy it. But I have so many people come up to me and be like, oh, how, like, what does it look like to get into this? I was like, unless you are a nerd like me and want to mess with a printer that is going to, it's going to cost you so much more ink. Just go to your local print store that has a pro printer to do that. Don't buy yeah. one. Like yeah. starting off. Yeah. Thousand dollars replacing your ink alone. Eight hundred dollars. Don't do yeah. it. <laughs> I'll no. talk you out of it unless you really love it and actually can make a profit out of it. Um, yeah. 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 Even even just my like little inkjet printer over here for for documents and stuff. Uh -huh. It's just like the printer itself was like 40 bucks and then the ink to replace is like 80. I'm like, how did it how did you make any money with including the ink in the first place? Right. Uh, but yeah, it's. It is a lot because uh, I've always been I I am a, a, a geek like that, too. We're just like this is I loved I loved being in the dark room and like yeah. developing my own film and just uh -huh, like uh -huh. seeing it come into the paper and pulling it out and hanging yeah. it up and like that kind of tangible part of the photography. I love that. Yeah. But it is a big <laughs> expense. And I was oh, like, my gosh. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to leave it, uh, you know. Yeah. I've got pick time and pick time has mm -hmm. so many different uh, labs that I can choose from. And uh, yeah. And the automation of right. just allowing someone else to do that and fulfill mm -hmm. those. Um, I still have them sent to me so I can hold them and uh, okay. quality check and all that. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I think there's, there's so much like through, through this conversation is like, there's so much that goes into your pricing. There is no one and done solution for mm -hmm. like, this is, uh, this is how much you should be charging. And then in four months you should raise to this amount. Um, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. And I think to have a successful business where you're really getting the profit margin that you should be getting, uh, for a sustainable life. And, you know, uh, cause like you was, you, you mentioned earlier about healthcare, like as creatives, we have to do that. Like if we want to take yeah. care of our family and, Ooh. you know, have doctor's visits and keep our, our kids up to date for going to school and everything it's like, yeah, that's, it's pretty pricey. It um, adds up. 
It does. Yeah. And and I know that there's like I've seen some posts where <clears throat> photographers like post on their social media of like, well, how much does uh, you know, why am I so expensive? And then like list out all these different things. I don't think that's helpful for your clients no. to like no. share all of this. Um just just a little side note if anyone's like how can i justify this for my clients let me share everything that i all of my expenses um i think just standing by your prices and being confident and this is what i know that i need and this is what i'm going to charge and some people are not going to be able to afford it and that's okay yeah and i think that's uh that's such a good lesson not everybody can afford your services and that's that is okay you Mm -hmm. might you rather be too expensive than too cheap. You rather, um, if they can't afford you, that's not that's not your fault. Especially if you're providing the value, they know that they want you, but just don't have the budget for it. That's okay. I mean, it stinks. Like you can make exceptions, but know that you have a standard that you your business needs to uphold to stay to stay sustain ah, stay sustainable. Sustain? There you go. Yeah, there. We Thank go. you. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, you and then you rather just uh, give them all the love and effort that you can. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it is. I would say talk about pricing is very overwhelming. And if you are a fairly new photographer, hearing all this, you're like, "What the hell did I just get into?" And that's okay. <laughs> I, it, I'm not saying you need to double your prices today. You need to triple your prices today, or anything like that. But I think it's doing so not as a creative but as a business owner and that's kind of how we have to view ourselves we're not just this is fun i'm just go i get to meet people and take photos and that is what you get to do but if you want to do this long term you want to make a full-time thing or even part-time thing you just know um what is actually costing you like weekends are getting more and more valuable for me because we have a nine month old and it's so fun and that's the time i get to spend with her so like if i am going out on a weekend i need to be making like my time's worth um and that value has gone up significantly since i've had i have a daughter now like there's so many factors that changes things um but don't don't be discouraged i think uh when we i was so scared of raising my prices even i've done it so many times and it always turns out fine (laughs) and there's always more people that can't afford me and i i just have to live with that fact um but there's more money out there than we realize. Uh, I think growing up, not like growing up on welfare and just not having a lot. Um, I tend to think people only have as much money as I do. I graduated college yes. thinking I'll be fine making $20,000 for life. You know, yeah. like it, it, yeah. Like we yeah. must have, a lot of us like, think that I, way. If I can make 25 grand a year, <laughs> I'm going to be living large. This yeah. will be amazing. <laughs> yeah. And so I think it's just, we need to realize, wait, there's people out there that money is, is not a concern. That's the kind of crazy thing to me because growing up money is always concerned still is a concern um yeah, like I, it's not just something you throw away but there are um if that's the clientele you want to reach you almost have to understand what is valuable to them more so than money um because at that point they are paying they want the experience and um there's so many times i met with a couple or a, a mom uh and then they tell me 
like i wish this was the experience i had with my other daughter money was an object and so they ended up spending more with me because this is exactly what they want i actually offered something that they are able to pay for um versus we i just didn't offer it um like multiple day coverage or bigger albums somebody was they're like my uh, my daughter-in-law just never got an album from preferred photographer is it okay if i order one with you i'm like I'm not going to say no. So uh-huh. here we are. And uh, like, she, it was funny because we were just going through her engagement book. We were designing that together and she started crying. And I asked her why, like, are you, is everything okay? She's like, this is, I'm she, first thing she said, I'm mad at you. I'm like, what did I do wrong? Oh, I was no. like, Oh no. <laughs> but she's like, this is too easy. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, I spent the last two weeks on, I don't know, it was like Shutterfly or something, designing uh, my daughter-in-law's yeah. album. And it kept crashing on me and just, it took so long. She was like, two weeks. And you're doing this in front of me right now. It's not fair. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, uh-huh. I, I, like I, I, I just didn't know what to say. It was like, I, this is like, I want, like, my job is not complete unless you have something real and tangible in your hand. And that, yeah. and they spend way beyond, like, what I personally am comfortable spending on myself because, like for them, it, it wasn't about the money. They wanted the experience. And I think um, as long as the value that you are offering is close to what you believe people are wanting to, to be charged, I think you you can do that. Don't don't yeah. be afraid of raising prices. There's a the market's bigger than you think. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I 100% agree. And I know that that is um, it's hard to hear if you are on that lower end budget right now, mm-hmm. um, cause you're like, yeah, sure. Steven, like people pay you a lot of money. You can say that you've booked those people, but I haven't. And, and I still get people yeah. who are just like 1500 bucks. No, that is too pricey. Yeah. Cause when I was charging 1500 bucks, I had people who were like, um, no, <laughs> you're charging four figures. I'm out of here. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, I mean, like, like we, we talked about earlier, there are so many millions of couples getting married. Yeah. There are so many, even in your market. I know that we like to say that our markets are saturated, but they're saturated with people looking for people. And yeah. And you can be one of those people and you're going to attract some people who are not your people and that's mm-hmm. okay. But, um, as, as you're growing as a photographer, you start to be able to, uh, attract the people who really value what you're doing and know how to speak to them and all that. And that goes into a whole other market. I mean, that's that's conversation. the whole thing about running a business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's so many, so many aspects of, of running a business, but yeah. like, there, there are people out there who value what you do and mm-hmm. will pay what you need to charge for that. Yeah. And you may not find them right away, but they are out there. Um, and I think that's what I really need to hear right now because <laughs> I recently <laughs> like doubled my uh, price um, from what I was charging about a year and a half ago to what I charge yeah. now is nearly double that's a scary jump uh, is a scary jump yeah i would not recommend that that quick of a jump but i had been you know doing the the like i'll raise it like three hundred dollars i'll raise it like Mm -hmm. you know a little bit and it was it was not a big enough increment to really change anything yeah Um, 
in doing that big of a jump that I also, you know, we talked before we started recording. My wife recently started a, a nine to five job. So we have dual income now in yeah. our home. So I have a little bit more flexibility and leniency of like, it's OK if I don't get booked right away because we're not relying on just my income anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, and that's. I, I understand that's a privilege that not everyone gets yeah. uh, when you're formulating your pricing. Uh, so I don't know. There's there's a lot to go into it. I hope this is really helpful for for everyone. Um, if you still feel a little like discouraged and lost about this, um, hit us up. Uh, and and ask questions and i know i'm just like offering that for you steven but like i (laughs) I was was gonna say like (laughs) i i personally love chatting with people i do i offer mentoring but some of the stuff Mm. i think is just knowledge that i want people to have just because it's helpful and i resources i wish i had um like you know in the past decade or so um and i think i would have made it either further or just have the confidence. Like, you know, mm-hmm. in the beginning of the podcast, I mentioned somebody, four people, four separate people told me to raise my prices. And I was like, okay, I finally gave it. And I was like, why did it take so much budgeting and nudging? And I was like, maybe this is one of those four people in your life that right now that's just like, hey, go do it now. Like, yeah. don't think, maybe think about it, but like, but actually do it. Um, and yeah. one of the um, photographers that spoke really like, like she, she uttered words, your family deserves more. And I was like, Ooh. okay, yeah. Okay. And I was just like, I'm a super happy phase right now. I'm generally a very happy guy. And so uh, there, when she said that, I was like, oh, wait, yeah, it's not about me. And I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, it's like me, my business. So I was like, I bring home money for our family. But it's just like, wait, it just almost like tied it together to like, no. Like I know she knows like I was um, for the longest time, like the, the sole earner for the family. And she's like, no, your family deserves more. Like you deserve more, but your family does too. I was like, oh yeah, I can raise my price without feeling selfish because yeah, it's, it's not just for me personally, like make wanting, you know, luxuries in my life. It's like, it's for my kids for healthcare. It's for, you know, living yeah. the life that we want to live, creating the life that we want to live. Yeah. But so exactly. if you are, we don't, Yeah. Yeah. No, go, go ahead. Yeah. I would just say if you have any questions, like DM me, we can chat. We set up a time to talk. Um, I love connecting with other photographers, especially like if you, if you, if you just have questions, I, I don't have all the answers, but, um, I have an Excel sheet that does. I'm just kidding. Cool. Um, <laughs> it, it just, it helps structure, um, the way I do things. And sometimes it's really helpful for people to see it can be overwhelming, yes. but, um, it just boils down to, trusting like honestly it's like just trusting the numbers because numbers don't lie like you can't outrun your costs (laughs) yeah Um, yeah 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 absolutely and i i just wanted to add in there like you don't have to live out that starving artist yeah mentality i know that we talk about that a lot or people talk about that a lot you know Mm. yeah i'm starving artist and you know (laughs) artists are just you know underappreciated um you don't have to be underappreciated like yeah the world's changing people are valuing art a lot more these days and and also they have in the past um we just didn't always see it uh so yeah i love i love that i've loved this conversation i think is really something that i needed to hear today so i know there are definitely (laughs) yeah we're just we're just speaking to each other right now (laughs) um but yeah that um 
and and and, and I can cut this uh, from later if if the answer is no. But that Excel spreadsheet that you have, would that be something you'd be willing to share? Like if people DM'd you to just like, you know, a blank one, you don't have to keep all yeah, of your um, information in there. I, I'm actually working to make it more available, more accessible. Um, right now cool. it's very manual. Like there's so many, so much things going on that's only in my head. Um, gotcha. But I'm hoping to make it a... Um, a plug and play. So people, it's, it's not a cost of doing business calculator. I think there's a couple out there that are pretty good. Um, but this one's literally how I structure my collections at just to make sure, oh, um, okay. the higher I go, um, I'll, maybe I share it with you and you let me know if it's worth sharing. Um, <laughs> Sounds yeah, good. But it's just like, you want to make sure that it's, um, yeah, the more you charge, the more you make. We calculate profit margin and how to get, when you give yourself a raises, like what percentage you go up by and, it just kind of tracks things. It's, it's not a very well pretty thing yet. Um, okay. But I'm hoping cool. it will be down the road. Yeah. Yeah. No, that sounds like it's a lot more um, of like those formulas and stuff all over yeah. to to calculate everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, that. OK, so I thought it was like a cost of doing business type calculator. No. Um, but yes, there are a ton of those that are really helpful. Um, I actually also have one. Ah, yeah, I do have one. I created one. Like, <laughs> I think it was like episode three or something. Um, yeah. So I'll drop that in the show notes. If y'all want a cost of doing business calculator, it is free. Um, you do not have to buy anything. Um, but yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about about your other calculator. Like yeah. that. <laughs> we'll get it that out. is difficult to try and like figure out. Uh, all those like your different collections and what your cost is going into that collection with time and with, you know, tangible things like albums and Mm -hmm. uh, wear and tear on camera bodies. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Um, So awesome. Okay. Before we wrap up uh, today's conversation, what is something that you're loving this week? Um, Could be uh, literally anything. (laughs) There's so much, but uh, this is easy for me. It's a uh, Taylor Swift's midnight album. <laughs> it's good. Have I you listened? Okay, I have, good. <laughs> I have not listened to the whole thing yet. Um, mm-hmm. As we're recording this, it's like just been a few days since the release. Um, but I've heard a few songs, and yeah. I really like it. There's, there's one. I don't remember the name of it, but it's it's got like a very Billie Eilish sound to it. Yes. And I yeah. was like, I like this. This is yeah. a different side of Taylor, which I feel like she has evolved over the years from her country mm-hmm. time uh, oh my gosh yeah. like 16 year old taylor to who she is now yeah that's um, what i see on tiktok music. and somebody yeah. was like i never was a taylor Swift fan and then i listened every there's so much hype about her new album i listened to it and i'm mad that i wasn't a taylor Swift fan but i like and she's like completely in love with just like who taylor Swift is now she's like yes i think for me it was just the character development of like i know she's a real person and i don't want to like (laughs) (laughs) like pull her back into like a tv show or anything like that but like the character development like you can see publicly and what she lets on um and then the amount of like creativity and easter eggs that she intentionally drops in places oh my gosh it's like it's brilliant Um, i i love puzzles and Mm. like uh, you know, uh, what are those? Not wild goose chases, but um, a scavenger hunt <laughs> yeah. um, where you're just like looking for things. I remember yeah. doing those in high school where we would just put like 
like two of us would write out things that we had to do around town uh, mm-hmm. for a scavenger hunt and yeah. then everyone else would have to go do it um but yeah like i feel that through all the easter eggs that she's uh-huh. just like her her like releasing the track titles um, <laughs> yeah. at midnight on tiktok and and all that kind of stuff i'm just like yep. this is like she thinks through everything and everything yeah. has a meaning uh-huh um, Yep, the Which symbolism. Just, she's yes. like queen of symbolism. Yeah. Like Midnight Album, the Taylor Swift clock. Oh my gosh. You could uh-huh. there's conspiracy theories, of course. And so oh, yeah. yeah, you can spend years on TikTok now just going through yes. all of her I've, content. I've but it's been, been really fun. Yeah, this week has yeah. just been like I, w- I was driving home for a wedding. I was just like midnight, yes, let's go. Yes. <laughs> um, and yeah. It can't stop. It's it's been on repeat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was really good. I need to like throw the whole album on and just listen straight mm-hmm. through. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Okay, cool. Taylor Swift, Midnight's. Um, <laughs> I am loving. Uh, it's a a TV show. I think maybe a mini series. I don't know. Mm-hmm the difference anymore because now tv shows are like <laughs> movies eight but... episodes yeah they're, yeah they're like eight hour long episodes yeah. um but it's uh resident evil and it's a new because there were like the resident evil movies back in the day right. and then that started off as a video game and yeah. <laughs> um there's a new tv show that is set I think it's now. Yeah. It's set in like 2022. Um, post post pandemic world. And it's, um, uh, the next generation after the original, uh, what is raccoon city and all that from the original movies and video game and stuff. Wow. It's really good. I I really enjoyed it. The the plot is great. There's some twists in there. The acting uh-huh. was really good. Um and yeah, it's if you're a fan of the video games and stuff, Ooh. there's some some major characters that show up. Okay. Um that I was like, how are they gonna like bring this into a real life type uh situation? And they did. That's exciting. Um, so yeah, it was, what platform it was really is good. It, on? it is on Netflix. Okay, cool. Okay, I got yeah. that. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I loved, I played some of the video games, wasn't like super into it. Um, just, I, it was a little slow paced, but the movies, I was enthralled because, you know, growing up with Resident Evil, you kind of like, right. oh, that's interesting. But the, yeah. I just felt like it's so hard to do so much in just one movie. And it felt it was more like action oriented and story oriented. There's like yes. a fine line. So I'm curious. Yeah, I'm excited to dive into this and see where I think I that's love TV why series I really more so. It. Okay. Me too. Yeah. I think that's why I really liked it because they were able to go more into the plot and storyline mm-hmm. and follow character development and like realizations of certain people in the story that I'm just like, what? Like <laughs> you, you were drawing me along for like four episodes about this yeah. person and then turned everything on its head and now i don't like this person and uh like uh yeah it's We're just for the ride is is a lot and it's also it's following the main main characters and it flashes back and forth between present day and then like them as teenagers and the way that they merge those two stories and overlaying 
different things is really well done. I enjoyed nice. it. Okay. Um, even if you're not a resident evil fan, I think you'll really like it. It's not super, uh, like gory or like mm-hmm. horror type. Um, it is definitely more story based. Cool. Um, okay. So yeah. But yeah. Netflix, resident evil. Yeah. Check it out. I might rewatch it. It was really good. <laughs> nice. Cool. Well, Steven, where can people find you? Where can they follow along? Shoot you a DM, say, Hey, yeah, um, Instagram's a great place to DM me, uh, light and low, uh, light as in my journey, like light, you know, and low, my last name, it just L O. Um, and then my website, lightandlow.com. Uh, I don't, I'm trying to be a little bit more active. Um, I'm officially starting to blog these days. Look at that. Um, yes. it's, hey. it's, I'm going to venture outside of the wedding content world, I think. Um, so uh, follow me there if you're curious. And I okay. always say this, somebody always asks, but don't follow me on TikTok. <laughs> it's just irrelevant yeah are you are you a tiktok scroller like just like watching the videos or just not on the platform at all but somehow i don't have a following at least not according to tiktok you know the crazy numbers but people follow me i don't know why i posted six talk tiktoks and then (laughs) haven't in a long time but i'm I'm considering Mm. picking it up because i do find it fun and i have these ideas but i just gotta learn tiktok now so uh and I, i'm just gonna skip the reels i'm just kidding i don't know we'll talk yeah. about that later next time yeah <laughs> it's definitely because i i've started posting more on tiktok and it's mm. it's definitely not like you know an educational page or something <laughs> right. where it's just like and here's five ways to do this right um it's a lot of like me reacting to other people's stories and just like what most people do on TikTok. It's more of just like a fun thing. And then every now and then I'll talk about photography or I'll talk about, uh, you know, business or something and just kind of throw those in there. They usually don't perform very well um, (laughs) just because I, I don't have a big following over there. Uh, But I like to think it could be your own diary. You know, I think that's like the authenticity of it is very, very appealing to me. And so I'm hoping to, We'll see. Maybe yeah. I go TikTok famous one day. Who knows? Um, Who but, knows? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Well, I will not take your advice and I'm going to go follow you on TikTok. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> I'm going to wait to see that seventh TikTok that you post. <laughs> oh, I'm already embarrassed. Yeah. That's OK. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, cool. Well, Stephen, thanks so much for being on the show today. I really enjoyed getting to talk with you. My pleasure, man. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Light and Dark Photography Podcast. As always, you can check out all the things in today's episode in the show notes at a new location, podcast.allheartphoto.com. This podcast was recorded in front of a live Facebook audience. To join us for the next live episode, join the Light and Dark Photography Podcast group on Facebook. You can follow the show on Instagram at Light Dark Co. Steven is at Light and Low, L-O like his last name, and you can find me at All Heart Photo. Subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. Um, if you got something out of today's episode, uh, about which I know I did, um, please DM us. We would love to hear from you and, uh, and celebrate learning and growing as a business owner. Until next time, I will see you in the Facebook community. Goodbye. Goodbye.